Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a psychologist and accredited advanced gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist, author, speaker, and the resident specialist therapist for Open House, The Great Sex Experiment on Channel 4 in Season 2 at the present time. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today the letter is M and M is for mystery vibe and also for medical. Hi. Hi. So joining me on the show is Dr. Sum Rakshit, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Mystery Vibe. He did his PhD in biomedical engineering and created a startup in eye recognition, which was acquired by a U.S. defense company. He then spent seven years in management consulting on large technology projects. And in 2014, Zoom started Mystery Vibe to bring defense electronics and medical expertise together and create devices that solve big topics in sexual health in a accessible way. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Um, so I remember when um, when the original Mystery Vibe came out. <laughs> Um, and at the time, what was most interesting was that it was flexible. Yeah. Which was not something that was seen before. I mean, it was also very good quality. I should say that, you know, the um, um, the texture was really nice um, and was a step above some other things. But what was most special about it was the flexibility. But we've moved on from there. So you have no, the first. No, it's still the same. It's still the it's same. Still, it's still it's better, mm. uh, but the fundamentals are exactly the same with every product. Uh, what I mean by that is all of our six products, which we currently have, are flexible, malleable, stretchable, um, and that is the key to our product design. And that's where we spend all our time researching, uh, customizing motor design, customizing material science, customizing making it really. Um, re uh, really robust, really strong, so it doesn't break, you know, no matter how many times you bend or stretch them, uh, but also very easy for users to use. Um, so fundamentally, that is the core of our product design. Um, and the uh, and I would always say the two applications, no matter, you know, which way you look at it. One is the health side, because the reason for creating them to be malleable was to reach and deliver vibration at precise points. So that was yeah. the reason uh, behind it. Um, but, you know, once, let's say uh, pain is a very big uh, issue in sexual health, um, pelvic pain, uh, vulvar pain, uh, pain after menopause or during menopause, you know, various. So let's say, yes, uh, it's designed by doctors to address a lot of medical things, but it's equally very valuable from a pleasure perspective. So once you overcome pain, or if you don't have any, that's great, is how do you use it to enhance pleasure, uh, to have um, orgasms, which you may not have access to otherwise, um, to improve uh, your pleasure, which you already have. So it, we always think of it as two things, um, even though a lot of the uh, work we do in the lab is medical and with doctors. But so I want to talk about that, um, both parts of that, because when I first discovered Mystery Vibe, and I guess I was an early adopter, um, and um, actually, I think you guys discovered me. 
can't remember how, but that's fine. Um, And so I wasn't looking at the medical side of it per se at that point. That was... um, no, and, and we, we couldn't, we couldn't. Uh, and you didn't, because you didn't have, you didn't make any claims have, at that point. Exactly. No. So but, but I wasn't, in 2019. I, yeah, I wasn't even thinking of that. But also yeah. from a personal perspective, um, I was premenopausal. Um, I wasn't perimenopausal. So I was still in within the realms where in my journey, I wasn't thinking about pain. Now I know that a lot of women have pain younger, but in my journey, I wasn't thinking about pain, but what I will talk, what I was impressed by. So I was looking at the pleasure side. And one of the impressive things about having a a flexible vibrator is if your physical proportions aren't the ideal female physical proportions. And so one of the problems that um, female bodied folk have with um, typical um sex toys is that there's there's like i don't know why they measure this but there's optimum distances and so if you don't have a flexible toy and your clitoris is in one place um if you're larger and you know getting to arm length is going to be a problem getting to your clitoris or if um you're looking at your clitoris in one place and your g-spot in another and the toy isn't doesn't have optimum flexibility then you don't get the sensations that the toy is meant to give so it's and it's frustrating um if you're not falling into average proportions and so i remember first time i i tried out miss revive what was great was i could get it to go exactly where i wanted it to go yeah that's exactly Uh, that's exactly the that's it yeah and that you get to reach the point that you want to reach to absolutely and that was a new experience for me with yeah. any toy that was meant to be able to be used, you could use both internally and externally to actually get it to go where I wanted it. Wanted to, and it would stay in the position that you asked it to be in, which was another thing, right? You know, yeah. because there, and, I, and so I think of this as the first bendy, to, properly bendy toy. And there have been bendy toys since, and I've tried them. I, I mean, I often get asked to try things and I'm happy to do so. Um, and a couple of the ones that I hoped I would enjoy, I had the same problem, which was they were only just so bendy. So it, configuration never yeah. worked. Um, and Mystery Vibe has stayed super, super flexible also so that no matter um, what your gender, you yeah. can find something to do with mm-hmm. it, which is... Okay. I think also really valuable. But what fascinated me with the new iteration is that you now have FDA approval as the medical device. Well, now I'm yeah. postmenopausal, and um, and I know something about the kinds of pain that people experience with penetrative sex that we don't talk about a lot. We talk about vaginal dryness. We talk about um, kind of non-specific bubble pain, and the solution usually is um uh lubricants and sometimes yeah Yeah. sometimes sometimes topical well not topical um focused estrogen which does seem to help but um i had never seen anything said about the possibility that vibration could actually help with 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 pain pain upon penetration yeah so and this is where um a lot of our work is so uh so like i was saying 
we when we first started we obviously couldn't uh even though the goal was to uh make it effective in a medical setting we couldn't talk about that till we had fda till we had clinical papers till we had uh evidence um so in the early years we only asked people you know try it enjoy it tell us feedback and that's it so we got our fda in 2019 and then we started our clinical trials in 2020 uh yeah it's kind of when COVID started and then we had our first uh of now three uh, journal published papers in the journal of sexual medicine uh early last year and and we have seven more studies uh currently running so one of them which is the genital pelvic pain and penetration disorder which is a gpppd um we had a 5x improvement in in 12 weeks using crescendo three times a week um and that was significant because it's the difference between living with pain and living without pain so uh and 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 that's the kind of study we you know like to do more and more of so let me ask a couple questions about this study right mm -hmm. what's amazing to me about that is that there really has been no advice for women who experience pain pain upon penetration um and there's not a lot of energy or effort spent on that because 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 it's only with penetration that means that it only affects penetrative sex and nobody focuses on that for women they focus mm -hmm. on that for men um, so I suppose some of the reason people are focusing is because men are complaining that they can't, right? <laughs> Not because women are complaining, but uh, traditionally the focus is never on that. So it's like, well, you can have pleasure other ways. So this is a big deal. If using this vibrator three times a week actually improves that symptom and you're able to have less pain on penetration or no pain on penetration, that's a big deal. So how large was this study? Uh, the study was 30 patients. Mm -hmm. uh, and then now, and then now with, there is another study running, which is 300 patients. Yep. Um, then we're doing a study with NHS, which is a more multi-site randomized clinical trial, which has been running wow. for three and a half years. It's a much longer process to do multi-site uh, randomized. Yes. Um, and then the, and then wider is more feedback. So we have hundred thousand users who used our products and is that feedback which is even more important than the study the studies obviously, obviously. from a from an evidence uh formal evidence perspective but really you know we will never be able to do a study with hundred thousand people because it's just too expensive um so getting that out there in the hands of people and getting feedback was um the key to improving like crescendo two is so much better in every way yeah crescendo one and uh the the other thing is the fundamentals are really simple. So all vibration does is it improves blood flow. And that's it. You know, it is not anything complicated. So if you apply vibration to your back, like a Terragun, it improves with back pain, right? Um, so it's not doing anything different in the genitals. If you apply vibration to your pelvic floor where you have pain, it helps with alleviating that pain because it gets lots of blood flowing, oxygenated blood going to that area. And uh, enriching that area and making it um, addressing the issues there so same with valva same um, and and also blood flow creates arousal um and yes. arousal then creates lubrication so all of that is uh linked and it's quite simple and it, that is the basis which is already clinically proven so we ride on that we piggyback on that right um, existing clinical literature which says that um, 100 hertz is a really typical frequency. This frequency of vibration can help 
with sexual dysfunction because it can help with uh, increased blood flow, addressing pain, uh, creating arousal. And this has been proven in you know decades of studying. So that is the reason why we can create these devices without having to do the underlying medical research. Yes, that's grand. Um, and so I'm also really interested in the new devices. Um, so we now have device for men, primarily centered on men to help with erection and erectile right. dysfunction. Um, and some people would say, oh, there's plenty of things to already do that. But one of the things about medication around erectile dysfunction is if you have a heart condition, you may not be able to right. take it, any medication. And a lot of erectile dysfunction, um, there's a quite a large percentage of erectile dysfunction that's due to heart conditions, post-heart mm -hmm. attack, um, recovery from that, and also recovery from prostate cancer in men who have heart conditions and therefore can't just go and take a Cialis or a Viagra. Um, and so um, this is new. How are you this, finding, yeah. how are you finding this device? Because the Tenoto is really interesting because it's not just for men. It's a combination device. So how are you finding this device and what kind of, what led you to decide to branch out in that way? And um, so our goal was to go, um, you know, in terms of, how big an impact um, a device can have on the percentage of the population. So the number one sexual health issue is female sexual pain. Yeah, and the yes. pain can be in various areas. I think it's like 86% of mums and then almost everyone after menopause. So it's the number one. So that's why we started with crescendo. Then the number two sexual health issue, if you are gender agnostic, then the number two in terms of numbers is erectile dysfunction is 50% of men. Uh, and could be young men with psychogenic ED. Um, it could be older men after prostate cancer. It could be, um, you know, things that happen in life, like uh, like you said, heart disease, diabetes, a lot of things can lead to it. So, so that's quite common. So that's why our second device was to tackle the second biggest yep. uh, sexual health issue. Now with Tenuta, what we wanted to do, one is understand what already exists and, uh, and and setting aside pills because obviously pills can't be taken by everyone and has side effects. So if we just look at devices, the current or back then the main solution was vacuum pumps. Yeah, which is a good solution. But the problem is you have to, it's a two-step process. So you have to use the pump to get the blood in the penis. Then you have to take it off and put a ring, a constriction ring at the base of the penis. Um, and it doesn't work for everybody. And the problem with a circular ring is it holds the blood, but it also stops ejaculation or makes it really right. difficult right. to ejaculate. So, th so there were, um, because when we ran a pretty big uh, study group to understand what is it that can actually help address various things in ED, um, the combination was every penis is different and the same penis is very different between flaccid and erect. Um, it's really difficult to figure out what will work, you know, just by buying online or in a shop. And then you end up buying a lot and then throwing all of them except for one. Um, two is comfort. Uh, often it was uncomfortable to have a very tight ring Mm -hmm. uh, beyond a certain point, you know, initially it might be okay, but after a point it might get uncomfortable. Three was especially men who were trying to have kids with their partners. It's like, how do I, you know, I have erectile dysfunction, but I also want to ejaculate. 
um, it doesn't go together. Um, and the fourth point was interesting, which is um, no one really had looked into perineum stimulation. Um, we we obviously look at you know penis. Uh, the main focus of erectile dysfunction had been the penis head stimulating the head, the glands, and then uh, holding the blood in the um, penis shaft by uh, constricting it. Uh, but the the feedback we got from andrologists was that there was a uh, there was a significant amount of arousal and um, uh, and then which leads to erection can be created through stimulating the perineum, which has I think yeah. four or five thousand nerve endings. Um, but again, an area which hadn't been looked into. So um, and then there was another element which is uh, helping the partner have arousal at the same time so if you have a plastic ring it doesn't uh, it, it obviously holds the blood uh, but it doesn't do anything for the partner so so there were all of these things that we wanted to merge together to create the device and what we did with tenuto was uh, come up with this really malleable material which is a composite of lots of different uh, plastic resin uh, polycarbonate moisture at a certain temperature over molded to hold that uh, and maintain that uh, flexibility without uh, breaking. So we created that uh, as the first step is the material science to make it very adaptable, malleable. It obviously still wouldn't fit 100%, but uh, it you know would easily fit to 90% uh, by stretching enough to adapt to big uh, penis guts, but be equally uh, good at constricting, so adapt to smaller penis guts. So that was the first step. The second step was having a gap in the bottom uh, to allow uh, semen to pa pass through. So that was a very challenging step because we had to make it robust enough that even with the gap, no matter how many times you pulled it, it would never break. Um, then the third element was uh, the perineum simulation and a really big uh, power under there. Uh, and then the fourth element was the uh, stimulation of the vulva, labia, and clitoris um, by having a very powerful 360 vibration at the front so um and in the last bit is important because one of the biggest feedback we got during uh, the initial product creation stage was introducing a device in the bedroom for a man it's quite tricky so that's mm -hmm. why male sex toys is not that common you know i would assume it's more a one is to ten ratio where the variety of female sex toys or you know if you think of like vagina clitoral uh, labia sex toys compared to male sex toys is quite a big uh, separation because it's very easy for uh, if it's a heterosexual couple for them to introduce um, a pleasure toy for the woman either by the woman or the man then and in this case a problem solving product which is mm -hmm. difficult to really talk about for most men who don't really want to say that they are having erectile dysfunction. Um, so one of the biggest things we got out of that uh, initial phase of a user survey is if you make it about the woman and her pleasure is the easiest way to introduce a sex toy. And it's better to call it a sex toy than a clinical right. medical product um, because then this is not about solving some problem. This is about adding pleasure and especially since we know that 90 percent of the uh, of women need uh, external arousal in order to orgasm and a penetrative sex alone can't do that 
So it's a very easy thing for, uh, especially for the man to say, you know, I discovered this product, which will bring pleasure to you and make our sex better. So I bought it and it just happens to sit on my penis. Yeah. So it's a hands-free right. device. So the, the uh, conversation starting point was fascinating from a product design perspective, which we would normally don't, not consider because we would consider that to be marketing. Right. You know, rather than a product design element is if we design it this way, then the customers can talk about it this way. And then they're more likely to have adoption. Whereas if we design it to be, let's say, a vacuum pump, it's really difficult to introduce it as a toy. And, you know, without saying, I need help. And not right. many men want to say, I need help till right. much later. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, it is it is a rather unique toy, um, a rather unique device. And so what kind of feedback are you getting as to how how well this is working at this point? So, uh, so to, to the first one came out a while back, maybe maybe seven years ago. So since then, it's led to the creation of two more devices. So one of the feedback was a lot of women, especially uh, the menopause doctors we work with, were using the front part of Tenuto on their own, holding the back bit in their hands and using the front part on their labia, uh, just to uh, or labia or vulva, and just to get arousal without having to insert anything because they didn't want to insert anything. Um, and there aren't many toys, uh, which are, or probably none. Uh, for dedicated for vulva and like labia simulation so they said can you make something which is dedicated rather than you know this is obviously not designed for uh labia simulation it's designed for ed um can you make something which adapts you know to the labia shape because everybody's different so that led to the creation of legato which is shaped like the labia but completely flexible and adaptable. and that's a that's coming out very shortly isn't it Correct. Yeah. So that's already out in the trials uh, and it will be out in hands of customers in a couple of months. So that's already like we've already built it and shipped it out for trials. Yeah. Um, so that is one that came out of Tenuto. And the second thing that came out of Tenuto was Tenuto Mini. And the reason was prostate cancer. So prostate cancer, sadly, the only solution is to remove the prostate, uh, which is a pretty significant surgery. And what happens as a result is the nerves, which are just on top of the prostate, which go from the brain to the penis, often get severed. And uh, and that means you can't just get erect easily, right? So the solution is then something like a physical device, like a pump. Um, in this case, tenutos, tenuto would have been very useful, except the perineum is very sensitive after prostate cancer surgery because there's a big cut, right? So they can't really stimulate the perineum. So they can't use the tenuto. So they said, can you make a tenuto without the back bit? Easier said than done because all the power, the motor, the electronics, the switch, everything is in the back bit. So it took us two years of just uh, engineering research to compress everything into a tiny front bit where we, without sacrificing the power, because we had the three motors, then we yeah. had to fit battery, then we had to fit electronics, then we had to fit switches and the charging and everything in this tiny little device. Um, so that uh, came out and that has already you know finished the trial and now it's in production. So, so that's a really good device, which is very compact, 
very powerful, but can be used by people who can't use the uh, perineum stimulation. Yeah, I mean, some people who have prostate cancer, they don't remove the, the prostate um, for a variety of reasons they can't. And so um, the, the continue to one works really well. The, the yeah, original. Yeah, the, the so original if you don't have... Really- if you don't have perineum sensitivity or scrotum sensitivity, that's the other yeah. group of people, which is actually probably higher. So the scrotum sensitivity people also said, I can't use Tinutu one because it is uh, it is too powerful on the scrotum. Um, so they were the second group who said, can you make the front bit without the back bit? So we had enough people asking for the front bit without the back bit. Um, so it was worth the two years of research because we knew it would be really challenging going in. And so, so that gives that that actually gives men who are having erectile dysfunction quite a few choices in order to see what can be done to Correct. sort. That, and to there's sort another that out. one. There's another one which is again tangential because the purpose of creating uh, this is another new device called Molto, and what it does is it literally is an index finger. And that's all it is. It's a, a completely malleable, bendy index finger because the current standard of care is if a man has a prostate um, inflammation, prostate pain, or anything to do with the prostate, they have to go to a urologist. And the urologist, all they would do is insert an index finger. That's it. There's nothing more fancy than that. So the urologist we work with, they said, oh, the biggest challenge we have is if the patient, one, most patients don't come to us, Till it's too late, sadly, um, or they would come to us once a year for a checkup, and that's it. But really, to help with something like prostatitis, which is inflammation and secretions building up, all you need to do is have regular prostate stimulation to release the secretions. So it's not complicated from a medical perspective, right? It's psychological. It's psychologically complicated. Exactly, because it's not like cancer, which is very complicated. It's not uh, something you can address at home. Whereas prostatitis, with the right device and the right instructions, you can just do it. You know, even if it's once a week. Um, and the goal is, if it's pleasurable, you will do it more. Yes. But if it's really awkward, you know, going to a doctor, um, having someone, you know, insert their finger, it's very invasive and very uncomfortable. You will avoid it till the last minute. So. So the goal with uh, Molto was to give it into the hands of patients a very easy way they can reach and stimulate the prostate and with the hope that they will find it pleasurable and do it regularly. But equally, going back to the point of ED, prostate simulation has been shown to improve erections and lead to different uh, types of orgasms. So the even though that is trickier to uh, prove um, whereas prostatitis, it's very easy. It's like you have prostatitis, you use it, you get better, and you know you can measure that. Whereas the question is whether um, simulating the prostate gets you a better erection than simulating the penis. Uh, it might be subjective, right? Um, right. It's it's it can be measured in a subjective way, um, but not as simple as pain. You know, you either you know how much pain you're feeling. So. Um, so I would say that is, again, a very interesting area where it's because it's a new device, we haven't had enough feedback yet. But once we have enough feedback, we will know how that is being used. And another area we found the use of Molto already is uh, vaginismus, um, where the um, OBGYNs or gynecologists, they want to apply vibration, but the maximum would be one finger 
whereas uh, it's very rare to find really slim and they also need it to be vendable um, to reach where they need to reach. So, so that's again, something we don't know yet, but that's an interest that doctors have and they uh, have asked us to send them multis when it's ready uh, for them to start trying. There's, on, um, uh, there, there's a, there is one flexible vibrator specifically for that. I cannot remember the name of the company and it's basically just a flexible rod. Um, it's not very strong. The flexible it, rod it, could be intimate rose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. I know. So true. So, but then their width is the same as the crescendo width. Yes. So the problem is they can't. So people who don't use crescendo, they can't use that either. No, it's it's too. Yeah, it's too. It's it's too. It's too. Um, it's too wide. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same uh, because the uh, and the underlying principle is the same. It's two fingers. So that's typically how pelvic floor therapists uh, do their therapy is using two fingers, which is why both crescendo and intimate rows are based on that dimension. Um, however, that doesn't work for uh, people who we have vaginismus necessarily. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah. it, it it isn't slender enough. Correct. Exactly. So it's so interesting that when we start creating a device. Uh, we typically have one specific problem that we want to solve, you know, let's say prostatitis, uh, pelvic pain, et cetera. But then what happens is a lot of other people, uh, doctors, clinicians, uh, even users generally start using it for different medical issues, which we hadn't even thought of. Yep. Um, like for example, a doctor in LA wants to try Molto for their trans patients who are transitioning from male to female and to uh, and to address the vaginal opening. Yeah. So again, a new area where hardly there has been any research. And once they, uh, once again, Molto is ready and they uh, start doing uh, trials, it'll be fascinating, one, to understand if it's effective and two, if it isn't because it wasn't created for that, what is it can we build to help with that? Well, and because because dilation is a significant issue there, that that there Correct. there is continuous and ongoing dilation, and dilation as uh, has been reported to me by numerous trans people is very painful often. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so, if there were something that could help with that, that could um, either lower the pain or increase pleasure, or both. Yeah, that that would lead to less complications because people would find it easier to stick with a regime, correct? And exactly, and yeah. and also make it a um a, a less onerous experience. So yeah, that would be that would be exactly. a pretty big deal. And and of, often what we find is um you know, there'll be a study they will find certain things, but the device isn't suitable for that. So I'll give you a really good example: is period pain. So one of the uh, doctors we work with, um, he said, I would like to try crescendo um, on uh, in my sexual health clinic or because we have so many uh, patients who come with period pain. And we said, you know, sure, we can send you a bunch of units and you can try it, but it's not really designed for that. So they tried it and they said that the vibration works and they help with pain, but uh, the user experience doesn't. And the reason is often pain lasts for three hours you know, maybe longer. 
one, the device isn't designed to run for three hours. Two, even if it did, you have to actually hold it in place because it's on yes. the, just below the belly button is on the uh, on the lower abdomen. And who can hold something in place for three hours? It just and your hand will get numb. So it doesn't really work. And then if you just leave it there, it will fall off. So what that led to, uh, which is the next device coming out next year, is the feedback which says, can you make a sticky, like a belt, um, which just sticks uh, to the lower abdomen, is really slim, so you can have it under your clothes and you know get on with your day, and is extremely quiet, so people can't hear it if you're you know sitting in an office and working with that on, um, and lasts for, you know four or five hours in battery life. So we got all the requirements we needed from that study, um, even though it didn't lead to any publication, but it was so valuable to know that. So now we know exactly what we need to build and that's what we're building for next year. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that's amazing. God, if I, you know, as a, you know, as a young woman who had significant period pain, like the solution for me was to try and find a way of avoiding periods, right? Um, but um, that would have been an amazing thing to have not to, because medication never worked very well um, yeah. to have had something that actually would have made the cramping relax. Yeah. And and actually, without and side I, effects. Without side effects. And actually um, there are other uses for that. People who have really bad um, um, people with inflammatory bowel diseases um, and digestive diseases who have yeah. really bad cramping. I mean, that kind of a device would be amazing to reduce cramping yeah. would be incredible. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can all, eat. It's, it's again, same principle, vibration, improved oxygenated blood coming to that area improves with pain relief. Uh, very right. much the same principle, but it's the form factor, it's the usability, is the you know, subtleness of having that without you know needing to just be in bed. Um, it's all of these things put together can make the device truly useful. Which is, I mean, to me, it's incredible because it is such a basic concept. And yet probably the reason it wasn't exploited before you guys started really working with it is because it required, you know, the engineering skills it required to build something that was actually usable. It's one thing to know about it. But it's the same thing if you have the device that'll that'll stick on. Well, then you could have that for back pain, too. I mean, Correct, exactly. right, instead yes. of instead of having yeah. to have somebody come behind me with the Theragun. Yeah, exactly. So the reason we want to develop uh, or have been developing the sticky as a technology that we'll use in multiple areas, one of them is Legato. So Legato is, again, you know, designed to be held outside. But the current problem is you have to hold it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so the main thing that will change once we have... Um, made the sticky technology, uh, you know, really good, is we will then upgrade Legato when Legato 2 comes out, it will be sticky. Uh, and obviously, you know, our goal is to make this completely reusable as many times as possible. Um, and even after that, you don't have to change the device, you just have to change the strip. So let's say yeah. it can be used 100 times, uh, which, you know, should be, you know, like a year's worth. Um like as you mean, like twice a week kind of thing, you know, year as well. So then you're not really relying on disposable stuff, which is what we want to minimize. So the um, like sticky bras, for example, you know, same yeah. technology. So the idea with that is um, Legato 2 will just stick. You can again adapt it, but then it will just stick and it won't fall off even at full power. 
which means it's a hands-free, very uh, user-friendly experience. Yeah. Yeah, I could see where that would be attractive, although sticky and hair doesn't necessarily go together. So that so that's the thing. That, so that's why we want to spend enough yeah. time uh, because with sticky bras, it is pretty good. Even if you have some hair there, it is pretty good. Uh, sticky bras don't hurt uh, generally. So we try our best to find what works already in something out there. So we are not starting completely from scratch. Uh, and then optimize that for various body parts that we need to deliver vibrations to. And this is so exciting because it really does um, impact a whole variety of issues, but also um, anything that provides hands-free pleasure is always a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of hands-free vibration are things like, um, you know, uh, panty vibrators and things with magnets and stuff. And um, again, you know, Unless you're of a very specific dimensions, those things are notoriously hard to get to do anything other than kind of just vibrate some area near, mm. you know, get them in the right place and keep yeah. them in the right place is really difficult unless you're shaped in a particular way. Mm. Um, and so they're kind of useless, you know, um, so something that actually would stick so that you could use. Um, as hands-free vibration, it would be incredible. Um, I know um, Dame came up with Eva and Eva too, where you've got yep, right the arms, the arms, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I mean, they build that as fitting every every body, but they don't. You know, they just don't, and um, it's um, they're fiddly for some people. They're fantastic. They'll just sit there and do what yeah. they're supposed to do for other people. They just, they, and, and if they don't work, they just don't work. There's no way around that. Then it's, then yeah. it's, then it's again, another handheld device. Um, and so um, stickiness makes more sense because that's something that can, you, that you really could adapt. If you're able to mold it to your shape and have stickiness, Correct. then and that, that will work for Literally for everybody. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's why we spend, you know, with all our devices, we spend a good couple of years just on the fundamentals um, so that once we have done the fundamentals, the material science, electronics, the uh, structure, et cetera, we ideally can make multiple devices from that. So for example, the hinge technology that Crescendo has is the same hinge technology in Poco which is a mini crescendo and the same hinge technology in legato, just identical. Uh, and because that way we know that yes, we've spent five years optimizing it and it really works. Um, and then we have three devices out of it, which means that it will uh, get more feedback and all three will get better at the same time. Whereas if we did you know, a different thing for every product, then we wouldn't have enough data to make for a long time to make all of them at that same level of really good, really strong, last a long time, really user-friendly. So all of those things. Um, So that's why we try to optimize um, by consolidating things. So the tech, also motors, for example, um, I think between our six products, we only have three types of motors, even though they have their own multi-motors, so that we can be very precise in the motor research how many windings, uh, what's the weight of the head, what's the dimension of the head, how much current should go in there uh, to deliver the 
best because we are constrained by the frequencies which are clinically proven. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is deliver the maximum power in a very uh, rumbly way, the maximum power for that frequency within those constraints of space. Um, and it's not something you can just buy off the shelf. So then you have to custom make a variety of models, let's say 50 different combinations, and then test all of them and factor in other things like battery consumption and noise. And after that, we can you know, be very, very um, uh, accurate at creating those motors, which then we can use multiple times. Yeah, and I mean, these for people who haven't tried any of these from a pleasure perspective, um, they're good, strong devices. You know, I mean, they're good, strong devices. The bendy bit is great, but also the strength, the power that you can get. A lot of times um, when, when we talk about pleasure devices and people who, who like a big whack of power will always talk about going for magic wand type devices, which are like really big, but you actually get um, pretty equivalent power in a very small space. So don't be put off by the fact that it doesn't look like that, right? That it's not a big whacking device that actually is an amazing amount of power um, in these devices and these toys. Um, and so well worth investing um, and, and they are, you know, on the market, they're at the higher price range um, on the market, but they're incredibly well made and they last forever. So, um, Ooh, and that- the reason for that is uh, design, uh, it's made in a medical factory. So the cost of production is a lot more because it's in a clean room. It's made yeah. to uh, FDA standards. So the reason that the factory with basically the cost, the RRP is always a multiplier of the cost of the manufacturing so the cost of manufacturing medical typically is say twice or three times uh of a non-medical product but i but i i would encourage people that even though that's the case that it's worth the investment in it and all and and many of you have used um luxury and toys in the same price range so it's you know it's definitely worth the investment um because it's got the power is fantastic um and um and texture and and feel is lovely and um and the longevity um and they do different things so it's it's um i always think and sometimes people forget this it's always a good idea to have a few different types of toy because you don't know what's actually going to provide the best stimulation even when you don't have problems if you're just doing this for for pleasure enhancement you don't know what's going to provide the most fun type of stimulation so it's always worth having a variety yeah oh totally i agree and i when people uh, contact us uh you know they ask different questions and if we don't think one of our six products will be relevant we would then encourage them to buy other products you know like for example if someone says i am very curious about um suction then i'd point them to buy a womanizer for example um we wouldn't say oh you know we don't do it but that's not dancer. Yeah. Is, you know, here, here is a product we think is great. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because if you want suction toys, womanizers definitely um, first name in, yeah. in suction toy. Still think that was a very unfortunate name choice. Don't know who decided that, that they they wanted to do that. Um, it was, uh, as far as I remember, it was an elderly German gentleman who invented it. Yeah, just <laughs> really not. 
you know, it's amazing. It's only because the product's so good that it, they're still in business, you know, because it, the name is so off-putting to so many women. But yeah, no, if you're interested in suction toys, they are definitely the first name in suction toys. So, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I would definitely in, encourage. Um, and um, I will invite everybody to stay tuned for the unboxing and our product review because we have a crescendo to and a tenuto to to unbox. And um, and then we're going to um, give first we're going to do an unboxing and then we're going to do a product review. Um, and for us, we're an older couple. He has um, is recovering from prostate cancer, um, um, but he didn't have surgery and he has um, uh, congestive heart failure. So, um, mm. yeah. So, um, yeah, getting stronger every day. But between the two of us, I'm postmenopausal. So we figure It'll be um, a review that is going to target the population that really mm. were targeted with these devices to talk about what we think from that perspective. We'll do a pleasure review as well because we do that sep separately. We'll talk about pleasure and we'll talk about it in a wider group. But I'm really looking forward to looking at it from the point of view of a medical device. We never had need before. Now we do. So we'll check it out. That's, that's great. Yes. And, you know, do message me any questions you have. Uh, any information you need I will do I'm really looking forward to when the legato comes out um, yes. yeah. I, I think that's I'm gonna tell you what that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a birthday present for quite a few people I know mm -hmm. um, yeah. it's it's such a big issue and it's so difficult to get good information on what to do about that kind of postmenopausal pain particularly if you still want to continue to have penetrative sex yeah the solution that many doctors give is that is to remind you that you can have all sorts of other types of sex that's that sex solution yeah i know but that's what you get told it's like well sex doesn't have to be penetrative move on to something else that really is what people get mm -hmm. told it's I, I find it which is very sad it is it's amazingly sad yeah. Um, and so this is something that can add to what's already out there in terms of, you know, adding estrogen is definitely helpful, but it won't necessarily deal with the problem. And vibration definitely has a, a really good track record. So um, that should really be one a part of every doctor's arsenal who's dealing with women in the perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal era. And nobody mentions and nobody mentions it as as a kind of a regular. I'm interested to hear you're doing a study with the NHS because I want to see where they start putting stuff about vibration yep. in their in their information because they certainly don't right now. So the biggest challenge is they're all so separate. So you know, one NHS trust, it, let's say uh, UCL, for example, once the study finishes they will start recommending uh, Crescendo and Poco for their um, uh, pelvic floor uh, surgery patients. So like if a mesh yes. uh, caused damage and they have to do surgery, so it's quite extreme, um, but it's a good step in the right direction. Um, but the problem is even if they do, it doesn't mean that the next or NHS trust will do it. Or that so they won't even, you know, even for, for women, you know, they, one of the things when you've had, um, when you've had a child is that all women are starting to be told you should do pelvic floor exercises, period. But 
after you've had a child, you know, there's a whole big thing around pelvic floor exercises. What they don't tell you is that you can actually over tighten. Yep. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that at all. And um, I remember going to a, a gynecologist who said to me, oh, you know, I said, do I need to do more exercises? Is that what's going on? And he said, oh, no, my God, you need to loosen up. I, I was like, what? Like, yeah, you're, you're far too tight. That's part of why you're having pain is that you're far too tight. I'm like, oh, okay. But nobody told me it was possible to be far too tight. So I was doing like the hundred, you know, <laughs> I was the champion trainer, right? I was doing everything I could. And it turned out that that was exactly the wrong advice. Yeah. And the only way you'll know that on the NHS is if you get the right gynecologist by some weird chance. And in fact, you're, you're more likely to hear that if you get a urogynecologist, not a gynecologist. Like if you get, if you're going, because as women do, they leak urine as they get older. If you're going for that, that's when somebody will say to you, wait a minute, wait a minute, you've overdone it. Or um, if you're going and you actually get sent to a pelvic floor phys- a physiotherapist after um often after after a hysterectomy yes pelvic floor therapists are the best people for this yeah definitely but you don't get access to that necessarily it's really difficult to get access to them uh on nhs on private it's easier privately but you don't know about them privately like i didn't find out about them privately till i had a hysterectomy privately and when i when i had the hysterectomy they said here right here it is um you, this is what you do. And this, these are the things you have. And I was like, Oh, I know. I never, and and you can come back and see us. And I was like, I didn't even know you existed as a discipline. Um, and you won't, this is true else everywhere in the biggest challenge in the U S is not knowing what pelvic floor therapy is. Second, let's say you do know is finding one in a radius that's accessible to you. Uh, and then knowing who is good uh, and then money, right? It's not one therapy. Yeah. It might be 20 therapies. It might be yeah. more. And let's say it's $300. 20 therapies, $6,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot people. of money. Yeah. 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 No, I know. And if there are ways of, of, of doing this where you can employ at-home stuff as well, yeah, it's just so much better. But I think what this is the step. This is step one. We're talking about it. and mm-hmm. And that's, I think for me, um, I've been doing this podcast since 2016. And when it comes to anything to do with sex, the more we can actually talk about it mm-hmm. and, and sure. ta- you know, and not, and not just be focusing on um, porn and things like that, but actually talk about sexual health and sexual wellness and increasing pleasure, the more likely we are for people to be able to, 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 resolve these issues that affect so many people during the lifespan and actually cause an incredible amount of not only physical pain, but psychological pain, um, problems in marriages, problems in relationships and, and um, a decrease in intimacy, which we all need to live. You know, we need intimacy. Yeah, and, very much. you know, so that's why I think this is so important. And I love that your company is one that is so focused on actually finding solutions to these issues. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. If they want to find you and find your products, well, I'm going to, there's going to be a link in the podcast notes, guys, because um, 
you can actually purchase right off my page. Um, but if they want to find more information, where do they find you? Where's the best just, place? Just mysterypipe.com. Everything, all our blog, all our content. Uh, we write about anything from prostate cancer to threesomes. Because yeah. for us, we don't we don't separate the two. Anything that will improve intimacy, anything that will improve pleasure, anything that will improve the mystery in the bedroom, especially after 20, 30 years of being together, is relevant, yep. right? So, so we don't, um, we try to answer questions. That's our goal of writing is like, if someone asks, how, what do I do? I've just had prostate cancer. Uh, I've recovered, you know, how do I get back into sex? That's a very good question. And equally, if someone says, oh, I'm really curious, how do I um, have a threesome with my partner? Can you tell me how that, you know, what's the step to talk about it? That's an equally valid question. So we try to answer, you know, everything through content. Yeah. And, and, and guys, the blog is really good. Um, and you know, I don't recommend very many blogs because I'm, I'm picky about stuff like that, but the blog is really good. Um, well-written fun, lots of good topics and lots of questions that you won't see necessarily other places. Um, and so next week is the letter N. I'm not going to tell you what we're doing yet, which usually means I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, and if you have questions or comments, you know, you can reach me at Lori Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. If there's a topic you want to hear about, please send it in. Also, if there's a particular person you want to hear from, I will do my best to get them on the show. Um, and I am still running the competition for reviews because people are notoriously bad at writing reviews for these shows. Um, if you do write a review and you email me, um, and tell me you've written the review and I can go find it. Uh, your name is put in the fishbowl where I draw once a month for a free 30 minutes with me, which are hard to come by these days. So do please, um, I'll do that for the a review of the show or review of any of the books. Have a great week. Look forward to seeing you soon. And that's all from us. <laughs>